human resources message to Jordy LaForge. See me immediately. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Reengage, the weekly podcast where we watch and discuss episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Our cultural bridge officers dissect each episode as well as the pop culture and world events that took place when it first aired. We're a bunch of adults returning to the series we loved as kids to see how it holds up. So practice good work boundaries and let's re-engage. <laughs> Hello and welcome to re-engage and our discussion of Galaxy's Child. My name is Kate Yeager. I am your host today. I am excited to have our cultural bridge officers with us. Uh, we'll start with Jimmy G. How are you, Jimmy? Oh, after that intro, I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> it's not enough that the HR has Riker to deal with. Now <laughs> LaForge is piling on? Give the department a break. And they've just I think that's what HR will open with when they have Jordy. They're like, I don't got enough here? <laughs> And that, of course, was the dulcet tones of Eric Curry. How are you, Eric? I apparently was just impatient as no, fuck. No, I, I used it as a transition. No, 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 no. No, I know. I didn't mean to accuse. Um, that was fucking brilliant. I concur with Jimmy wholeheartedly. I am even happier than I was already to be with you all. Oh, lovely. And Greg Tito, how are you, sir? Doing great. I am excited to uh, smile and laugh with y'all uh, and recover from this episode with you. Oh, my God. There's so much to talk about. Uh, well, let's talk about the, the stuff that happens before. We know that this is Stardate 44614.6, which was an air date of March 11th, 1991. Greg, what was happening in the world? Well, this is the conclusion of the uh gulf war as uh we have about a three-week break in between the last episode which was uh, in fe february 18th uh on february 26th the coalition planes bomb iraqi forces that were retreating from kuwait during the gulf war killing hundreds they don't know how many people they killed but they created what is now known as the highway of death uh highway 80 uh, on there, and it is widely resounded as being probably not a, a really decent thing to do since they were retreating and doing what the UN was telling them, you know, to do, which was get out of Kuwait. Uh, there was certainly military uh, vehicles, but there was also a lot of refugees and uh, civilians in that uh, convoy that were no longer with us, which is terrible. Sorry, again, I know we're going to get past this Gulf War stuff that is mostly doom and gloom. Uh, and hey, but then we'll just get to some other it's war true. crimes. It's true. <laughs> the history of the world is the history of war crimes. Uh, on February 26th, also Kuwaiti resistance leaders declared that they have control of the capital. So uh, this was during this whole retreat, but the Kuwait Kuwaitis were like, okay. We uh, are now, uh, you know, masters of their own domain to a certain extent. And then two days later is when the Gulf War officially ended when Iraq accepted the ceasefire following their retreat. Um, but <laughs> this is not good news. Uh, on May 3rd, 1991 was when Los Angeles police officers detained a motorist named Rodney King and the entire oh. well, most of the encounter was captured on video and this is the first of many uh, uh video being you know as a camcorder I, I actually kind of forgot that detail this was really you know before 
phones were possible. So the person who uh, recorded this saw it start to occur and went to get his cam camcorder and then started cam uh, uh, recording what was happening in the street as several Los Angeles police officers uh, beat uh, Rodney King. And then this sparked uh, much more that we'll talk about in the years to come. But this is when it happened. Oh, and they ruined the photographer's life as well. Mm. It is all around a terrible, terrible incident. And, uh, you know, I think we finally learned from it. Oh, shit. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, as I was just discussing with Eric before we started recording, what happens in 2020 uh, is uh, it certainly was in my mind as I was researching this. But, yeah, it occurred uh, here in March. Um, and Ooh. then uh, we got to this episode, which made everything better. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg, for that uplifting segment. <laughs> no, this is a rough time. And I do think, uh, just on a personal note, so many of these episodes that we've had uh, in these past few weeks that we've been recording have been newer to me, where I'm like, I don't remember this. And it's like, oh, right, because you were probably traumatized, right? Like, <laughs> you're probably hiding in a corner somewhere watching the doom watching the news uh but anyway in pop culture <laughs> some fun things happening <laughs> some fun things happened uh we missed in the weeks between the two episodes all the man that i need by whitney houston being number one mm. uh and the current mm. number one uh, here at march 11th 1991 was someday by mariah carey do you know that one? Someday, so someday, the one you gave away will be the only one you're wishing for. And then she had this like, someday, and it was like the highest note that any dog had ever heard. <laughs> Best new artist, Mariah Carey, too. Best new right? artist. Newly Best crowned. New artist. Uh, Best new whistle tone. <laughs> That's right. Uh, in the movies, Silence of the Lambs reigns number one. And that was about all that was happening in pop culture. <laughs> Our teleplay of this was by Maurice Hurley, the story by Thomas Cartosian, directed by Winrich Kolb or Colby. And Jimmy, nothing much on the Nemistic files, correct? Nothing. Just garbage. Nothing. Garbage. We hate it. <laughs> <laughs> And Eric, I think our only real guest star of note is a repeat guest star of note. Am I right? Yes, the wonderful Susan Gibney, who she uh, we met her last season? Yes. Two seasons ago? Last season, I believe. Last season. Uh, as Leah Brahms, Dr. Leah Brahms, the, uh, the actual one in this one. And my goodness, it's a different performance. And uh, God, your heart's with her the whole time. If you're <laughs> us, I think we all come down on the same side there. There were a couple other uh, guest stars and co-stars, uh, but uh, no one really that, where the character was of note in the episode. Though we do see um, Lene Chapman several more times as uh, an uncredited, uh, often uncredited con officer. And I want to point out that she was uh, Whoopi Goldberg's daughter in the underrated Rat Race, which uh, is not a good movie. But it is underrated because it's not the shit that everybody thinks it is. Uh, it's merely warmed over shit, not complete shit. It's not poor. It's fair. It's in fair condition. Yes. Yes. Nice. Thank you very if much. If it were in the 70s, it would be considered a classic. <laughs> yes. You know what? You are right about that. I have seen that movie and you are right. Uh, it's, it's from another time. 
It's a mad, 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 mad rat race. Uh, uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about the episode, shall we? We start off finding out that we are picking up some special equipment and hosting a special guest. In the ready room, Picard tells Jordy that Leah Brahms is there to see the modifications he has made to the engine, and Jordy plays it really cool right away. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal, no big deal. That's cool. It's just, he just starts laughing, and then he looks so crazy. Yeah, and Picard one. picks up on it. Like Picard is not like happy with this. He has right. no idea how to react to Jordy's reaction. Right, Jordy has to do the kind of backpedal of like the oh, oh yeah. I mean, I'm just like I studied her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not better, Jordy. That's what the kids are called. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you can look at my browser history, is there? Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> But we find out that's not right. <laughs> In 10 Forward, uh, Jordy is fastidiously cleaning his uniform uh, because it's sort of like he's going to go on a date and maybe he's just been in the triple cage. I don't know. There's just lots of... Or he just went and saw Data, I guess. <laughs> his spot the, was up there. It's the acting <laughs> version of the show title. <laughs> <laughs> And it's the first of many yeah. like contradictory things about the writing of this episode because he later on says like, "Oh, uniforms are too formal. I don't care about looks or presentation." But then he spends a lot of time like making sure he looks the most attractive way possible with a foam roller <laughs> to get all the fur off of him. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is that thank the good Lord in heaven uh, and the Lords of Cobalt that, Ju- that, that Guinan is in this episode. Yeah, agreed. 100%. Right. Like what would we do with this episode without Guinan? Cause very, as soon as he starts telling Guinan about Leah, she says, so you met a computer simulated female, like just like lays <laughs> it out. So Guinan uh, is all about telling him that everybody falls in love with a fantasy. Like, she's doing right by Jordy. Like, she's trying to get him back on the right track. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's not necessarily about love. We're just going to be, like, really good friends. And already you're just like, this is not going to work at all. (laughs) Like, this is just horrible. That word necessarily is so terrifying it's absolutely terrifying (laughs) like so much turns on that word yeah i wrote it in italics because it's so uh, it's so upsetting (laughs) (laughs) so we get to uh (laughs) we get to the transporter uh she appears and jordy introduces himself very awkwardly at first by just saying hi hi bedroom eyes hi Hey. Yeah. And it's not bad enough what what he does throughout this episode. On top of it, he's dumb about it. Like he's just exposes himself at every corner and it this is something I w- I I'll be criticizing for the whole episode, but the writers also did a huge <laughs> disservice. I mean, oh, yeah. I guess the writers not also were the biggest part of this being so terrible because like <laughs> one you made a really smart character dumb yeah in yeah. in every way possible like he just 
he knew he needed to keep that under wraps. And in every opportunity, he exposed that, oh, I know more about you than I'm supposed to. Like, it was, it was idiotic. Yeah. They're just agreed. bad, bad writing. Like, those people in that writing room should, should have been escorted out of the building. Like, this <laughs> is terrible. You got to go back to writing school or whatever you were doing because this is this is bad. The only notes that might have landed in there was Guinan. I think probably adding Guinan to this added a little bit of of, yeah. of uh, reality or or you know the, the the moral center here because without those scenes, this is a objectively terrible episode. Yes. Yeah. Like a code agreed. of honor. That's what we're talking about here. Code of honor. Bad. Yeah. Well, eventually he he stumbles out that he is Jory LaForge, and she says, LaForge, so you're the one mucking up my engine, and I fell in love with her. <laughs> yes. I wish she would have said uh, flip-flappery, <laughs> just to go with mucking. <laughs> but she brought that, that campy energy, which I was like, oh, okay. Maybe and this was the one I'm like, oh, maybe this is going to be like a lesson learned thing for Jordy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I kept striving for that too. I'm like, maybe I remember it wrong. Maybe he comes to his fucking senses, all that kind of shit. And I'm like, uh, and the way, oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get mm. there. We'll get there. Yeah, don't jump the shark. <laughs> too late. Sorry. Uh, so then we go to the credits Space and uh, we go Space to shark. engineering. And uh, Jordy is talking all about the changes that he made. Uh, and she's questioning those changes. And he gets the like, sometimes things happen in space. They're different than a drawing board. <laughs> we're away from our loved ones for so long. Of course, we're going to have holodecks that we fantasize about. I mean, what? Hold on. I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. And then Leah gets a call and takes it in Jordy's room. Which we wonder, will that come back later on? I think it will. Mm. It might be important, that call. Well, no, it was his office, right? Not his not his quarters. She takes oh. a call in his office. Well, yeah, in his office. In his office. Sorry. Right. At, at this point. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes. In his office. Yes, let's... We, we go to the room later. Oh, yeah. We go to the room later. <laughs> Very awkward. Uh, let's see here. On the bridge, Data says there are some unusual readings that he wants to explore, and that's never bitten them in the ass before, so why not? <laughs> and Picard is horny for it. He's like, yes, let's wow. do it. Like, yeah. He is thirsty. <laughs> Holy cow. Bit of a bit of a adventuring that he's been lacking. Uh, and by the way, where they the, the quadrant they go to or whatever sector they go to, I can't remember the name, but it's actually a painting, a, a, a one of Picasso's most famous paintings, and it's hmm. a giant one that's like three by five meters, uh, and it's about the um, the the aftermath of war. So that that's the one sort of uh, takeaway about the, the behind the scenes things from this mm. episode, but I didn't get it from the Nemesic files because he was a crumb bum for this episode. 
I kind of want to know what the opposite. He couldn't get through it. <laughs> I feel like the opposite of the nemesic files is like the kin 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 the kidderinicors or kidderinicors. She's workshopping you people. We go back to engineering, and Jordy is like, "We're just on the same team. I just want to make nice, and I'm gonna and give her a tour of the changes. Everything's gonna be fine." Um, and on the bridge, they have found the object and they are very excited, um, because it is an unusual looking thing. Uh, and he says, I'm missing a little section here, but he says, oh, remember to her? And she's like, what? And he's like, oh, you wouldn't remember. Right. (laughs) The dilithium was tilted or something like that, which was yeah, yeah. The yeah. Dilith- what yes, they've done in Booby yeah. Trap, the, the previous episode. Uh, yeah, right, and you're right. Like, uh, dude, again, just you don't have any filter. You can just say that he doesn't feel the danger. Like obviously, like the, from the writer's point of view, this uh, they thought this was cute, and he was stumbling over his boy-like glee of the, the his his fantasy crush, right. Um, like it, it seems like they had no idea, and and I wonder, like, did I? Like, I bet I didn't. Like, I probably thought that, oh, that's so cute. Like, I hope they do get together. Um, and thank goodness, some of that, you know, being on the periphery of my kids' social emotional learning has impacted me enough that th- this was awkward. Every <laughs> single scene with Jordy LaForge was absolutely awkward. Yeah, my husband was just beside me the whole time going, oh, ah, yeah. oh, Jordy, oh, Ooh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, out loud, literally, like, mm, that's, that's not right. Yeah. Uh, you should have learned this when you were 13. Yeah, I mean, it's cancel <laughs> shit. Uh, in engineering, she finds the crystal has been upgraded. And he's like, yeah, you know, like on the new model. And she's like, well, how did you know it was going to be there on the new model? And he's like, what? We'll come to my quarters. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> totally. It's totally I'll make your favorite dish that I didn't know was yours. Right? Yes. She says, I love Fusilli. Oh. And he's like, oh, 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 really? <laughs> oh, it hurts. Even just talking about it. Like, it does. The uncomfortableness is just everywhere i mean they should take this out of rotation <laughs> it's like it was written by like a like a like a video game way of thinking about relationships right where like oh if i say the right thing it'll unlock this thing and if i give her the gift that she really likes then that means she will en- enjoy it's like leisure suit larry level of yeah here. <laughs> oh yes Wow. Well, that's, that's a callback. Dude. Right? <laughs> I was also playing that's it in 1991. Apple so. shit right there. <laughs> uh, on the bridge, they learn that the object that they have found is living. And Troy comes up just in time to see this living creature. She's like, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> Big old smile. Hey. <laughs> Big old smile Y'all, I, coming down. I overslept. Anything interesting? Were you guys surprised that there was no, like, she didn't sense anything? There's never once in this episode did her uh, um, her ability come into play. No, never. It was like, it, like it's that, that team of writers are like, no, nah, we don't do that. That Those other people were about that, but we don't... We, <laughs> We don't do that kind of stuff. We're just going to have her walk down the aisle, walk down the ramp, 
uh, because she's contractually obligated right. to be in the show. Right. And that's it. Right. <laughs> and she kind of stands directly behind Picard's shoulder, sort of nestled in, you know, looking really pretty. <gasps> yes, it's, again, inappropriate. Yeah. Oh. She's looking at the baby. <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. The life form scans them <laughs> and then comes towards them. They move away, but it zaps them with radiation and electricity. And the radiation levels are rising like really fast. No then, countdown clock, though. Oh, So it like, wasn't that bad. It, you know what? You're right. Which makes this even worse what they do then, which is ready phasers. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like do a warning. Like Worf had asked about shields earlier and they're like, no. And then this time they don't even fucking bother with it. They're just like, kill it. <laughs> we have literally had the term warning shots, you know, in previous episodes. Like just shoot near it so they know that you, you know, right? Like, uh, 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 like right. no, fire phasers. No. Fire phasers, and then they're real surprised when it dies. Oh, yeah. Picard. He does say, like, the lowest setting, right? I mean, it's which true. is cool, because now <laughs> we're learning, like, the hand phasers. We're learning the range of the <laughs> Enterprise's phasers, and uh, it does go pretty low. Matricide is still a setting. <laughs> Matricide. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, contextual laser. <laughs> well, when we get back from commercial, Picard feels like a real dick about the whole thing. He's right. just, you know, real, uh, I was about to say hamstrung about it, but that's not right. <laughs> He's downtrodden. Cool, uh, da- yeah, downtrodden. Yeah. It was, it was uh, a, you know, typical brilliant Patrick Stewart. No. It doesn't was... overdo it at all. It's just simple, playable action. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's sad. Yeah, he's really sad that he didn't do a warning shot. He went right to mattress. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is pretty subtle acting. I will give him credit because it's like he—you can tell he's completely crestfallen. Like just like, oh my oh, god, sure. I can't believe I just did Ooh, this. But he—that's even better than your first. I know, one, right? I was crestfallen. crestfallen was good. Um, <laughs> but good. yeah, hey, nobody's touching Crumbum today, man. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor, poor Picard. He. He, he killed the thing that he loves the most, which is meeting pets and children. It is one of my favorite things about Patrick Stewart that he 100% is an overactor throughout his career, but when he, because he likes it. Like, he, he likes big. But when he wants to, he doesn't. Yeah. And he's, he'll, he's like, I can do this, motherfuckers, and I'm really fucking good at it. And he does it, and you're like, okay, yeah, <laughs> I love you. I love you big. I love you small. I love you every time. Well, speaking of, uh, well, just before before he leaves the bridge, because he's real sad about it, as he should be, Data senses something new. Perhaps it is still alive, maybe, question mark, Aww. exclamation mark. But we cut to Jordy's room, and he is wearing a terrible sweater. <laughs> I happen to know there's a little Lebowski on the way. <laughs> <laughs> But that sweater is bad. Like, we keep with the uniform. Like, what is he doing? It looks... Oh. Uh, and the he hair even, suit. He even sort of argue mansplains with the computer yes. about lights, right? Like, you know how to move. You know how to do the lights. You know that it doesn't just work on feeling. You have to, like, you're an engineer, for fuck's sake. Right. 
Oh my what god. What are you doing? He's like saying, Alexa, business time. And <laughs> <laughs> And he did not use the lint roller on this stupid sweater. We have established earlier that he doesn't want shit sticking to him, and then he's wearing this fucking flea bag. No. It's crazy. And did am I am I making this up? Did he end up playing Brahms? You know, he tried. He tried Brahms for Brahms, and he's like, mm, "That's on the nose." Oh. Yeah, and then they went with one like time. light jazz or whatever. At least one time, it you know, light dawned on Marblehead. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's a cocktail quote. Wow. Nice. Mark nice. That. From the vault. Mark that. Because that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> when she arrives, it is so. The first thing she says is just so. Oh, you changed. Which is just so painfully cringy. Like, he, like, in that moment right there, he should be like, lights to full. Lights to full. Lights to full. Like, right? Like, right. <laughs> cut the music. <laughs> Let's get out well, of here. It's also when she should have been like, mm, no, this is, I'm out. Like, the, it, it, she, to her credit, tries to keep this as professional as possible. Uh, it's not her fault. No, yes, it, I'm not, not saying it's not her fault. Jimmy. I'm just saying we got the vibes from the beginning that it was like, mm, this is going to be a bad, uh, not good interaction. Well, the first thing he says after she says you changed is, I wanted to make you more comfortable. Didn't work. Mm-mm. Didn't work. Oh, wow. You're... And then he says, can I get you a drink? She says, no. G- like, get with the program. Read the fucking room is what I need. Right. And he's like, oh, you're a stick in the mud. <laughs> right. Well, he immediately <laughs> goes to, your hair is different. Yeah. From your personnel oh files. And she's like, yeah, it is. Why are you looking at my files? What the fudge? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's so stalkery. And he makes it worse. Like, it, the, the setup of this whole episode is bad. And his behavior makes it worse. Like, it just keeps going. And he keeps making the same blunder, and yeah. the writers keep forcing him to say these lines. And it's yes, yes, yes. Lavar Burton tries, <laughs> yes. but he really does. He really tries just... to make this this humanistic and like, oh, okay, I understand where this character is coming from, but it is an uphill battle. This is uh, this episode of Star Trek is exactly why we desperately needed the Me Too movement because we didn't know that was bad. Like they right. didn't know. They, they thought this was okay. Like, the writers legitimately wrote this and thought they were making a fun, endearing thing for Jordy. And, like, look how hard he's trying. He's really – he likes his girl. We'll get to this argument later that he has and how outrageous that is. Um, like, we just – the society didn't understand the simple thing that right now, like, it's it's shocking. Or at least – I wasn't there and they didn't seem to be there. And now I look back at that and I'm like, this is red alert times a thousand. Like this is all the Borg ships have showed up right outside of earth. That like, that's how <laughs> obvious that all this is not okay. <laughs> like, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to talk about it. Cause there's like, it, there's no redeemable quality here. Zero. And I think you're right. This is why we didn't report on the, it. The mainstream conversation 
certainly has moved to a better place. Uh, but I'm sure this drove a lot of fucking second wave feminists really yeah, mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are certainly <laughs> people you know? who were. Yeah, they had the wherewithal. Right, because here you have a a, a character that is, yeah. you know, an amazing character, right? Like, like she designed the engines of the Enterprise, and then and this, yeah. it, it, it's got to be super frustrating to be like, oh, is that this is the representation we get? Okay, great. Well, and I'm glad that we're not having the conversation about why is she so mean to Jordy, right? Which I think is probably the conversation <laughs> that I would have had in, in junior high, right? Like, but why was she so, why does she come in already like you messed up? Why doesn't she know that Jordy's the best, man? Right. <laughs> well, uh, in order to make things even more complicated, uh, she says, you know, they start talking about the engine being like their children. And she says, sometimes I feel more comfortable with engine schematics than people. And he says, maybe you haven't met the right people. And at that point, she's like, dinner, inappropriate. I got to go. Yeah. Nope. Well, and she also says there about her, she's cold and. Oh, yeah. Like, people all find that, me cold like, and cerebral. Yeah. Again, like, why would the writers give that line to you? Like, I, I, did, I didn't understand why they were. It's like they were trying to set up Jordy for being right for all that he did. Right. In some way, like this was their punt. And um, she had, because of how inappropriate it all was, like you haven't d demonstrated anything about being cold. You've just been put in this terrible situation from the very moment you got on the ship of being around a creep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I actually felt for her in that moment because I think she was being honest too. Like she was trying yeah. to have an honest yeah. emotional moment with Jordy to be like, look, I know I come off this way sometimes or I'm told I'm come off this way from you know, pricks like you. Other creeps. Right, so she was trying to level with them a little bit, right? And then it's, that it's like, oh, wait, you're not getting it on a, on a peer level. You're still thinking of this on a romantic level. And that's when he's like, okay, no, I'm out. Well, on the bridge, they finally figure out that the creature has another creature inside. Dude, that took way too long, right? Like, I feel like <laughs> Picard and Riker are like, hmm, there's something smaller inside of it. What could it possibly be? Mm, another entity, perhaps? That's kicking in the stomachal area. <laughs> Was this entire episode written by 12-year-old boys? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it seems as if the stork might have brought an extra surprise for us. <laughs> yeah. Very promiscuous space fish. My favorite was Data being like, it is a smaller, less developed form that is within the inside of it. And we're like, it's a, just say it. It's a child. <laughs> it's knocked up. <laughs> and then Picard's like, oh, that's why it was coming after us. It was, it right. was like mama bearing it here. Right. So they go to the conference room. Uh, Crusher says, I don't know a lot about what's happening because it's a new creature and all, but I feel like the baby is premature. And so they very quickly figure out that they add this to the list, Jimmy, they can do a cesarean yep. with the lasers. Matricide, cesarean. <laughs> We're getting a nice list here. And cesarean is more than matricide, so they can't do a cesarean on a living creature. They can only do a cesarean on the dead creature because matricide was, if you remember, the lowest the smallest setting. setting. Yeah. The lowest setting. Also, that's not how lasers work, right? Like, you can't stop a beam of light 
like as it's being shot out, right? Like, so how did they not kill the the the, the baby? Ugh, doesn't make any sense. They missed it. They went around it, <laughs> like a like a cookie, like a oh. cookie cutter. There you go. Ka-chunk. I like that Worf. <laughs> yeah. I like that Worf is like, don't do this. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> I know, right? just shoot it, kill it. <laughs> the only voice of reason. I've seen the movie. <laughs> right. Uh, but they're like, we killed the mom. We got to take care of the baby. Cut to the next morning, Leah arriving and wants to look at a bunch of stuff. And uh, he's like, well, we'll have to we'll have to like go inside the ship. And she's like, yeah, I built the fucking ship. I know what we have to do to get the right. ship. The Jeffrey's tubes. First so we time see the we Jeffrey's see tubes. <laughs> First time we see the Jeffrey's tubes in uh, TNG. The real Jeff. Yep. We saw them before, but they were like basically hallways. Uh, right. Uh, right. But now this is the the way we think of Jeffrey's tubes, which seems like a downgrade where you're like, why would you build it this way <laughs> where you have easy access to be able to walk through? But like, no, let's we need crawl spaces. We need things that are smaller and harder to walk around and more awkward to have a conversation together with <laughs> someone. It feels like they built the interior of the Nostromo in the middle of the yeah. Enterprise. <laughs> like when they're in that Jeff's, Jeffrey's tube, I want there to be a fucking uh, whatever morph in there to just yeah. come after I- them. Cause it looks like where they caught Drake and fucking, I- yeah. Or uh, Tom, Tom. And that motion sensor just being Oh, that's aliens. Sorry, never mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, they have one in the first one too. Remember, it finds uh, it finds the oh, cat. Yeah, you're right. Meow. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just thought we needed a little meow. We did. This scene, I think, is infinitely more uncomfortable because it's so small. Yes. Like the Jeffrey's tubes, right? So that this, like, you know, she's actually impressed with what he's done. It sounds different. And he's like, here's the modifications I made. She's like, you should write a paper. He's like, we should collaborate. Oh, my God. Because writing is your strong suit. (laughs) We're going to do a collab. And, like, it gets... I mean, of all the things that happen, that's probably the most innocuous. Like, that... Right. That's not as... In comparison, that's not so bad. It's... It's a flirty, it's but because it comes after the other yeah. stuff. It's <laughs> just a long list now. Now it's like uh, an angry bride who's now just listing every single thing that she didn't like about the wedding that day. <laughs> I like that. Um, Spoken like a true wedding planner. At one point. <laughs> yeah. I like that, that she, this is where she has to get real. She's just like, all right, you're, you've been weird you know all this stuff about me like what is going on and his excuse is like i study you and right. i thought and said, that we could be friends to be honest yeah he said to be honest like yeah, yeah like how... the opposite day <laughs> <laughs> right and then she has to pull the card which she shouldn't have to pull with in the first place which is i thought you knew you know everything else about me. I'm married. And what does he do? He laughs. Because, of course, it's about him in that moment. And, of course, it's like, you know, you know, Alanis Morissette is running through his head. The song, ironic song. Meeting the man of your dreams. And then eating. Meeting the engineer of your dreams. <laughs> she makes good. Uh, I, and you're right, Kate. This is such an awkward thing 
to happen when you're like in a crawl space. Like, yes, we know it's actually kind of smart. It's kind of brilliant filmmaking in terms of let's mm. make this most uncomfortable situation. <laughs> it was a horror as movie. close and uncomfortable <laughs> as possible. Yeah, because I kept thinking of the like, well, what what would I mean? If this would not happen in a Star Trek, but if this went worse, right? If 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 Jordy went more more assaulty in this, which is we're in the realm, right? It would have been possible. This would have been a very like, oh my gosh, why would we have this confrontation here? It's just oh, right. That's what made it uncomfortable right, for right. me. But then she could push him down one of those <laughs> tubes, and we could see that that early '90s falling down a thing <laughs> where the body is like spinning. And then it hit something, and it, yeah, th- that was the best time for falling bodies was the early 90s. In People don't talk about that enough, Eric, but I'm glad that you're brave enough to do no. so. On the bridge, <laughs> on the bridge, they are giving a cesarean like they do. They cut just a little bit. Don't know how they stopped that, Greg, you're right. Don't know how, but it's just a, t- it's just a little cut. It's just a little tiny baby cut. We didn't turn it to 11. It's like a soft three. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, the... They didn't go, they didn't go full real genius. <laughs> no. And sure enough, the baby comes out. Well done, doctor, they say. Well done. Can we talk about the CGI of that a little bit? Because that actually looks pretty good for the era, right? Where I was like, oh, this is, this is not an easy thing to pull off in 1991. Um, to have the baby emerge and it not be, I mean, it was a little bit like graphically like, Oh, I can tell this is animated and fake, but at the same time, it wasn't um, something that you would see in like a doctor who or the original series. Like they just, you know, they actually made it seem okay. That's at least plausible. But Eric, you have a counterpoint. Not specifically. I just think we never talked about the fact that the alien looks like a scrotum (laughs) Uh, in the same way. In in the same way that a, a scrotum looks like a landscape up close, as they as they say in the Arrested Development, like it's a really bad design for this alien is all I'm saying. Yeah, and I when I was watching it, I thought I bet you this is awesome looking in 1991 or whatever, um, and and we've come so far now that it was like it's it's almost laughable. And I I when I was watching, I was like I wish I could see what they would do with a very similar looking alien now. Cause I imagine like you would see almost like cilia, like along the edge where it was just stiff and it didn't move. Like now it would be like stuff that moved and waved and like seemed alive. Even when it was dead, like you would tell like, Oh, that's how it moved. That's it's uh, propulsion. And mm. like, they could have had a lot more fun than they just were able to then where there, it looked like a clay model um, rather than anything that had life. And I would tend to think that they would, you know, use the a similar effect to what they use for the offensive uh, radiation thing going out the back for propulsion. Because I got to think that a fishtail is not a real useful way to maneuver in space. Mm. <laughs> Good point. Yes. Good yes. point. <laughs> but radiation flatulence, that's how you, that's how yes. space bugs get around. Equal and opposite reaction. Space scrotum bugs, which is what they will be referred to as now. <laughs> In 10 Forward, Jordy is just a sad sack. He's just grumpy. Pumph. Pumph. 
and he Jordy says she's mean and she doesn't like what I've done and she's married. Lesbian. Right? I mean like this whole thing is just like (laughs) it is 100% that just and I love that Guinan calls him out immediately and like oh oh must have been your old visor you know the one that lets you see what you want to see fucking right on like brilliant legend that was good legend I just have to feel like there was just one writer who was like look you guys we need a counterpoint here I think Snodgrass was walking by and like that was the one thing that she threw in Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, Guinan says she has done the most horrendous thing to you, and that is not living up to expectations, mm. which is just really great. And then she says, you need to go see her for who she really is, which my advice would have been like, you need to stay 300 feet away from her at all times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll take it. Anything more about this Guinan scene? I mean, other than just thank God for Guinan. Just that she's the only thank voice God. of reason, honestly, in this yeah. whole thing of being like, you know, you got to check what your expectations were because A, they were off and the way you're making her feel. Like, just listen to what she's saying. <laughs> just respond to that rather than, yeah. you know, what you think was going to happen. And because we know Guinan is ancient, like speaking to him like a child when he's acting like a fucking child is something that she can do, right. which yeah. is nice. Yeah, good point. Um, but I did see somewhere in our in the notes here that uh, even though Maurice Hurley was the, the credited writer, there were uncredited polishes from a, a few folks. One who was yes. Jerry Taylor, uh, uh, who specifically worked on this LaForge Brahms plot, and, and it is my, my headcanon that it is inserting these Guinan scenes to give some type of uh, uh, you know, voice of reason uh, to, to Jordy here. So, Jerry, you did you did good work. We think. We think. Maybe. <laughs> we hope. In my head. <laughs> Getting it up to a three. <laughs> you did great work in Greg's head. <laughs> on the bridge, they get ready to move on and leave the baby alone because, much like the Republican Party, they only care that it's born. <laughs> they don't care what the fuck happens. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That is basically what Truth we, social. Fuck him. That's what Picard says. He's like, okay, well, let's get out of here. So our job here is done. At least we were able to make this thing have a terrible life oh. going ahead of it. Bazies. Right. But you can't deny that Star Trek tea. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And <laughs> Baby thinks the Enterprise is mama. So every time the Enterprise tries to go away, here comes the baby. Uh, until it finally attaches itself to the hull, feeding off of its energy. Uh, and they say, what action should we take? And Picard says, none at all. We're going to give all the energy that we need to... That's right. This. End of Bye-bye. series. End of series. That's it. We're done. <laughs> we have a thing. <laughs> uh, and Port Troy has the line of like, it's imprinted on us. It believes we're right. its mother. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Right again. <laughs> right again. <laughs> not not feeling. She doesn't get this from her empath ability, as you said. She just, you know, oh yeah, that's what's happening. You know what else, Captain? The sun is hot. <laughs> this just in. Oi. 
after the commercial break in the conference room, we are figuring out how much longer they can survive. And they think maybe if they can give it some more power, then it can survive on its own. So they will take Junior, as they start to call it, wherever the parent was trying to go. And of course, Data wants to know if Junior is the real name. It is not. <laughs> A hard no. The best line in the it episode. Is. By far the best line in the episode. But then Agreed. they didn't follow it up with like giving it an actual name, even like a designation of like species number 427 beta delta. Right. Like they could have done something, but in fa- mm. in- instead they have to just refer to it as whatever pronoun or whatever. Space fish. Space fish, scrotum alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, we go on a walk and talk with Jordy and Leah wearing a fantastic purple outfit, I just have to say. Uh, she can wear purple. More than makes... Jordy cannot. That's true. It's very true. Uh, he has made many modifications. And she's like, I would just like to read about them at this point. And he's like, cool, you go to engineering. I've just been called to the bridge. I'm sure that nothing bad can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Again, about the browser history, it doesn't matter. It'll be cool. Exactly. So she goes and runs, uh, she's like reading the files and she's like, oh, what's this file? Like that says, uh, super secret, do not look at. Uh, <laughs> it's my boy's life magazine. It says boring bills, boring unpaid bills. <laughs> the one that says keep out mom, really <laughs> big letters. <laughs> She goes in and runs the program. Uh, Jordy comes and is like, hey, where's where's Leah? And they're like, oh, she's at the holodeck. And he rightfully freaks out. Uh, gets there to holodeck three, and she is pissed. And she should be pissed, right? Uh, she says, I am outraged. You have used me. And he's like, oh, it was a professional collaboration, which is awkward when the professional that you were collaborating with is like, no, it wasn't because I was not there. Uh, and it goes back and forth uh, with, you know, how many other programs did you create? Uh, mm. feeling... Is there one for every day of the week? Right. I mean, it's like she's just feeling completely exposed. Every mood. Uh, and Jordy's response is, how come you've been so mean to me ever since right. you came on board? Uh, why are you acting so messed up towards me? Right. So, And he says... Just re- I'm guilty of reaching out to you and hoping we could connect, right? Oh, my God. And this is where the whole writing thing really it came clear to me. It was like, this is actually a great acting choice by LeVar Burton. This is, if they had been honest about what Jordy was doing, this is a great, like, yeah, he's going to be defensive. He's going to make it about her because right. he knows he's guilty. And what made me really cringe was like, I don't think the writers were aware of that. Mm. I think yeah. they thought they were making a, a strong, positive case for Jordy, and that's what's truly disturbing. Right. Truly disturbing. Well, th- this is total, like, what is it, it DARVO? What is it, what's the, the acronym for what abusers do where they deny uh, uh, other things yes. after deny? Yeah. <laughs> Victimhood. V, yeah. The V is victimhood. Yeah. Accused. Yeah. I think. Right. So it's all. It was all about like how. Yeah. I, I think accused. What is you the second. did. What you did to me. Not. You know. What. What. Yeah. What he did to her. Right. Right. Gross. 
Gross. It is gross. Gross. I do want to say, um, I, I think everyone knows where I stand on this. There is a really <laughs> odd choice that Uh-oh. that she makes uh, as an actor in this scene because she wasn't outraged. She was outraged. <laughs> And that's really weird. (laughs) (laughs) To be outraged. (laughs) I blame the director. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me too, almost always. It had to have been a man. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I I think this is the first canon uh, um, acknowledgement that the holodeck is used for some kinky times. Right, because that's basically what right. she says is like, what, what were you? This is, you know, wildly inappropriate. Uh, it's you know, revenge porn, basically what she's trying to say here. We've all been joking about you know Riker and the heart porn for forever, but like you know that that's outside the canon of Star Trek. <laughs> this is the first right. time where they acknowledge like, oh yeah, no, this is probably what this this holodeck was used for more than anything else. That's why it's self cleaning. Oh, oh, the whole ship. On the bridge, they find that the asteroid uh, field, uh, or they find the asteroid field that the creature was going to, and the asteroid will provide sustenance because it's full of energy and shit. Um, they open shuttle door bay two and deactivate the forced field, trying to blow it off of the ship, which I thought was kind of exciting. Like, you know, using um, science. I thought of you, Jimmy. You like science. <laughs> I like science words, not science, really. <laughs> but that big gobbledygook fan, my Jimmy. Yeah. Right. That little guy, Junior, is still attached, though. He still wants his mama. That's right. That's right. And they see more entities in the asteroid that will arrive in 10 minutes. We go to commercial with that bit of news. Uh, in engineering, Leah's like, hey, if the baby is feeding, maybe we should sour the milk. Oh, this metaphor is All right. beaten to So Jordy comes up with a vibration idea. If we can change the vibes of the ship, then the baby will want to let go, man. We just got to change the vibes. <laughs> you know, like, you forgetting about me being a creep. <laughs> well, and I got excited for a hot second because he finally called her Dr. Brahms, right? He's like, I was like, oh, he's finally respecting there. And then two seconds later, uh, he calls her by her first name again. So I was like, oh, well, okay, never mind. Uh on the bridge, there are only two minutes in the until the creatures arrive. So they, in engineering, are doing a lot of changing of the frequency, Kenneth, and uh, <laughs> trying to figure out. Nice. Uh, they keep lowering the frequency, and the baby starts to freak out. The then there's lots of shaking. Like right, that, that seemed like a large number. Like, I don't know the wavelength centimeters. Just didn't seem like they were. It was it was enough techno babble for me. I wanted it to be more made up in some ways because having the wavelength be measured in centimeters, I was I was thinking of, I don't know, like too much real world stuff. Well, finally the baby releases. They say, you weaned the baby. And my husband looked at me and said, now they got to wean Jordy. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> 
So they go to 10 forward and Jordy and Leah are laughing and she's like, you know what? I owe you an apology. And I died inside a little. I died inside a little when she said that. We all did. Oh, he says, no, she doesn't. I'm like, you're damn right. She doesn't. Um, and then they just laugh about the trauma, right? Like, remember when you saw that? thing and and i created her and you saw her remember that and they're just trauma bonding and she is like i wouldn't change a thing i wouldn't change a thing except for my behavior and i was like dude what man wrote this so you had to say it yeah what maga republican wrote it i'm leaving my spouse well and like and then that's what happens right her husband calls and there's this moment where she looks at him and you know it's supposed to be like, oh no, now it's difficult for her. She sees Jordy for who he really is. Oh man, too bad. And it's just so ucky. And then Jordy is alone and then I took 12 showers. (laughs) That was the episode. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I know where this is going, but... We have to be official and talk about <laughs> what we think of this episode uh, in the long run. Uh, Jimmy, tell us your thoughts. Well, I was going to start at zero, but uh, I actually had a lot of fun talking about it with you guys. So mm. I'm going to give this uh, one code of honors because <laughs> uh, it's worse than code of honors, I think. Uh, I don't know why, but it this really... Uh, it was bad and wrong it was indefensible in every single way but i will say um as bad as this star trek episode was uh in this podcast that you're listening to not only did you get a cocktail reference you got an rem reference and that ain't nothing it's true we got real genius as well some lebowski in there yeah Greg, how do you feel about this episode by end or large? I am going to give this two space scrotums. Um, <laughs> because there's two balls. Because there's two balls, right. There's, <laughs> they always come in a pair. <laughs> um, I, I did Bull. not enjoy this execution at all. The only reason I'm rating it slightly higher than Jimmy is that I think it actually could have been an interesting investigation into fantasy versus reality and uh the performance um i'm forgetting the name of the woman who played dr leah brahms um i liked that she susan gibney Gibney. uh the fact that she is very different from the way it is portrayed in the holodeck was not an easy thing to do i do like some of the space entity uh plot there um so there's there's some things going for it there but with the lens of looking back now it does it just fails on so many levels and it makes Jordy not a very interesting character at this point like he doesn't grow or change or or learn anything from this he really just says like oh okay i guess i i should know that they're married or not before i start to pursue friendship and then angrily yell about it in uh, when I'm confronted by it. Like, there's just nothing, you know, other than uh, Guinan's voice of reason, which I hope Jordy goes and talks to Guinan a little bit more off camera and uh, gets some more life lessons um, from her <laughs> because uh, it's the only thing that's going to save him going forward until, you know, we see his return in Star Trek Picard. 
Hmm. Thank you. Eric. I loved the other references that people made, but the reference that struck me the most in this recording was Greg's very quiet little uh, Fish Called Wanda <laughs> reference. So I'm going to give this one and a half man friend Jen Jen Jens. Um, I do not like to think of Jordy as a crumb bum. <laughs> And I don't appreciate that they made me think of him that way. Uh, but I do appreciate Jimmy's use of the word crumb bump. And that's about all I have to say about this particular episode, except that once again, it was delightful with you three. <laughs> and I will give this uh, one and a half terrible sweaters. So it's one sweater and then the other sweater is cut right at a nipple link. Um, so just picture. That sounds awful. One and a half sweaters that way. Um, and uh, really the only redeeming elements to this are Guinan, right? And, and, you know, if there had been a couple of more of those points of view... Right. Like if he was asking the advice of some other folks and was getting sage counsel from various people, we would have had a very different episode. Um, but as it was, we will just be grateful that we had little nuggets of Guinan uh, giving us something to hold on to uh, in what is otherwise uh, just one of the most squeamish episodes <laughs> that I've watched in certain memory. Uh, but I agree with all of you that I had a fantastic time talking about this episode. So we hope that you had a fantastic time Ooh. listening to this episode. We hope you'll join us again next week. And as I mentioned before, I took a lot of showers, so you know my pants are wet. <laughs> oh, I'm still not clean. <laughs> dirty, dirty. Thank you so much for riding along with us on this episode of Re-Engage. Next week, we continue our mission with the next episode of the fourth season of Star Trek The Next Generation. Follow Re-Engage on Twitter at ReEngageTNG to get updates when episodes are published and some other stuff. You can also follow our various Cultural Bridge crew on social media. Kate Yeager is at Yeagerlicious. Eric Gratton is at EricFallsDown. Greg Tito is at Greg Tito on Twitter and at Greg underscore Tito on Instagram. Jimmy G is at the Jimmy G on Instagram. Re-Engage is edited by Greg Tito and Jimmy G and sometimes Kate Yeager. Logo artwork by MojoJojo97 on Twitter. The music is by Ryan Marth. Thank you so much for listening. Stand by now for the traveler to re-engage.